0: We live in a very mobile world. Everyone is in a hurry to get somewhere. Throughout Scripture, God often taught people the greatest lessons along the journey. Today, we continue with Scott Pauling our study through the great journeys of the Bible. Our prayer is that you will rediscover the adventure of walking with God. The longer I walk with Christ, the more I realize again and again, I just keep having to come back to the same places over and over and the same truths over and over and the same commitments over and over. You see, that's nothing new. That's exactly what Jacob had to learn. We've been journeying with Jacob in Genesis chapter 28 as he came to Bethel. And we've learned that Bethel was a specific place and a safe place and a special place and a sacred place, and a starting place. But finally, I want you to see today, it was a sanctifying place. At the end of Genesis chapter 28, the Bible says that Jacob took his stone pillow, that uncomfortable thing he'd tried to sleep on in the middle of the night, and he sets it up as an altar to God. It's beautiful to see him make this altar and enter into a covenant with almighty God. It had to be personal. It had to be his own covenant with God. It wasn't enough that Abraham and Isaac had a covenant with God. Jacob had to enter into it for himself, and so must you, and so must I. And I'm thinking now of Matthew Henry's famous words. He said, wherever man has a tent, God should have an altar. So here he has his, his sleeping place in the wilderness in Luz, but he has an altar here to meet with God. As a traveler myself, I rejoice in the fact that anywhere I go, I can meet with God because God is the same everywhere. And this place became a sanctifying place in his life. You see, this is not the only time he'll go to Bethel. He'll go back to Bethel again. And so that's where I want us to go today. Would you make the trip with me over a few pages from Genesis chapter 28 to Genesis chapter number 35? Let's go back to Bethel. Genesis chapter 35, verse 1, God said unto Jacob, Arise, Go up to Bethel and dwell there. I love the word dwell. Do you know what we need? We don't just need to visit the presence of God. We need to live in His presence. We need to abide there, dwell there. He says, And make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. You see, He's reminding him of certain things. We all need reminded, don't we? He's saying to him, Look, back when you were desperate, when you had nothing and you were nothing, you met me there and you set up an altar there. Go back there and set up your altar again. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. Now do you notice that this, this sanctifying place continues to sanctify God is working always to make us a holy people, to make us partakers of His holiness, to to drive out of us the things that shouldn't be there and put in us the things that should be there. And two things especially stand out to me. One is uh, this place of Bethel was a place of purity. He said, let's get clean. Are you clean today? Is there anything between you and God, anything in your heart and mind, anything in your desires or motive, anything at all that isn't what it ought to be with the Lord? Then get clean. Start there. In your heart and mind, say to the Lord, Lord, I want to be clean. I want to put away anything that doesn't honor God. And you'll notice he did it not only in his heart, he did it in his home. Now, this is the progression. You remember in Genesis 28, he had no family. But when you get to Genesis 35, he's got quite an entourage with him. So now he's leading them to build an altar. Oh, how we need family altars today. Let your personal altar lead others to seek the Lord. Let your personal altar become a family altar. And so it's a place of purity. It's not only a place of purity, it's also a place of prayer. He said, I'm going to build there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress. Could I remind us all today that the same God who answered you in the past will answer you today? Recently, I sat down with a number of old journals and just went through again reading entries from years gone by. And I just rejoiced. Honestly, I did. rejoiced. It brought up so many memories. But one of the things that I saw was how God answered prayer. Praise His holy name. There's still a God in heaven. He's still on His throne. His ear is attentive to your prayer. His eye is upon you. Every hair of your head is numbered. He knows you by name. He still says, Call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Go back to your Bethel. That sanctifying place. Get clean and call on the Lord. In this place of purity and prayer. If you come down to verse number 6 of Genesis 35, it says, So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, he and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar, Now listen to this, and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Do you see the difference in the two trips? In Genesis 28, he comes to the place and he calls it Bethel. That means house of God. That's a good name. But in Genesis 35, he comes back to the very same place a second time, but this time he renames it. He calls it El Bethel. Do you know what El Bethel means? It means the God of the house of God. Oh, this is beautiful. You see how he went deeper with the Lord? Oh, that the God of that place would consume us. Not a place, but a person. I said this when we started our journey with Jacob, that God doesn't bring us to a place. He brings us to himself In fact, in the very initial meeting in Bethel in Genesis 28-15, God said, I'm going to be with you in all places where you go. Jacob's finally starting to get it. He's beginning to exercise some spiritual discernment and exhibit some spiritual understanding. He says, I want to confess that it's not about this place. It's the God of this place. It's not the house of God. It is the God of the house of God. I'm afraid far too many Christians get bogged down even with their experiences and forget that the Christian life is not about your experiences, it's about God. And Sometimes they get stuck with their emotions, but it's not about your emotions, it's about God. Sometimes we get enamored with events, and we talk about great events, but we miss the fact it's not about the event, it's about God, or some place, or some group of people. No, no, lift your eyes above all of that, beyond all of that, and see God there. Recently I said to a group of people in Scripture, We're not commanded to seek revival. We're commanded to seek God. Why is that? Because if you seek God, God gives revival. Don't seek the gifts, seek the giver. Don't seek what you can get from His hand, seek His face. When you get His face, you get His hand. When you get His presence, you get all of the blessings that come with His presence. And that, my friend, is good everywhere. That doesn't just work physically at Bethel, it works in all places. You see, the goal of Jacob's entire journey was really one thing. It was to come to know God. It's what Moses prayed in Exodus 33, 13 when he said, Show me now thy way that I may know thee. It's what Paul meant in Philippians three ten when he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Do not limit your Christian experience uh, to a person, to a place, Uh, to something that happened to you, to some experience in your past. Instead, get to know God in a greater way. May I ask you a personal question? How well do you know Jesus? How well do you know Him? And now I'd like to give you the answer. You know Him as well as you want to. As well as you want to. It's a matter of hungering and thirsting after righteousness because Jesus said if you hunger and thirst, you'll be filled. The psalmist said, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so paneth my soul after thee, O God. The journey is always leading us to Jesus, always leading us to a more intimate fellowship and relationship with our God. Would you enter into that today? Your journey won't be like Jacob's, but the destination should be the same. You should come to know the God of the house of God in a personal and dynamic way. That's my prayer for you today. May the Lord help you to enjoy the journey in the presence of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today for this time in God's Word. For additional messages, resources, and helps for your Christian life, visit us at scottpauly.org. We hope you will share the broadcast with a friend and plan to join us again next time on Enjoying the Journey.